0: Hello, and welcome to the Roll With Me podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Morton. This episode is made possible by our friends at Rumpel and Yakima. Together, they collaborated with Pacific Northwest artist Adam Hayes to launch a new blanket that features the sunset over Mount Hood. $5 from every blanket sold goes to friends of the Columbia River Gorge Foundation. Get your puffy blanket at www.rumple.com or at www.yakma.com. I'm really excited for this episode because it's been one I've been wanting to share for a while. Travis and I met a year ago, became fast friends, and in that time, we've dived into some deep conversations. Travis's story isn't an easy one. When Travis was 23 years old, he spent six weeks living on the streets to find out what it was like to be homeless. And when Travis was 25 years old, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. The reality for Travis is that not every day is a good day, even though some might assume he's living the dream, traveling and working on the road with his dog, Ayla. Instead of pretending that everything was okay, Travis started to share the uncomfortable parts of his life so that others would not feel alone. I met up with Travis in Denver to talk about his past, and what I really appreciated about him is that he knows how to find the humor in difficult conversations. You ready to get started? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready to go. So why van life?
1: For me, the van is uh, its a really cool thing. Um, it's definitely a big part of my life. But the emphasis for me and the most interesting things for me are the life side of things. Um, what I get to do, how I get to do it, like how long I get to do it. And yeah, being able to take those risks. Uh, for me, a lot of times when I meet people, they want to know about the van. And I'm like, I want to know about like, us as people, and the van's not the most interesting thing about me, and I don't think that conversation is the most interesting thing all the time, um, so yeah, my best friends are the ones where, like, oh cool, you live in a van, like, and then you just connect as people, and it doesn't matter where you live, because I think for a lot of van life people, it's about as interesting to talk about as, like, your apartment, and, like, getting really into, like, what sink you've got, (laughs) so... Yeah, it's, it's not so much about the home, but what a lo- the home allows me to do.
0: Tell us a little bit about your van.
1: Well, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, I had literally built like a bird box in seventh grade and then a bench for a friend uh, in San Diego, like a year before I started building the van, but it didn't seem like rocket science. Um, I kind of, at first, wanted to build it out like a, you know, like a lodge you'd see in like a national park and then I realized like that's pretty uh, complex. So I'm <laughs> going to, I, I wanted it to look like a log cabin inside and I wanted it to um, be able to light up with like a few candles at night. So I did the entire walls and ceilings in pine that I stained and then uh, put in like live edge wood for the uh, counter and seats next to the table that comes out from underneath the bed. The bed is in there full time. Um, the biggest thing for me is I'm a writer. I had a lot of books, and um, kind of like a, my creature comfort was bringing those books with me. So I have a whole wall uh, next to the bed that's a bookshelf, and then I just added a little section on for some bigger books that weren't fitting on the other bookshelf. So I probably have like 140 to 150 books in there.
0: How many have you read?
1: I get that question a lot, so I counted um, less, and I think it was, like, 107 of them, and then, like, a bunch of partial reads.
0: And you're missing one thing about your van that makes it pretty cool, the Oh, the rejection screen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like I said, I also, I do, uh, um, I got this screen, you can get them custom made at Home Depot to, like, the exact dimensions you want, and it actually doubles as, like, keeping the heat out. In the summer and heat in in the winter, um, but it pulls down behind the driver and passenger seat um, and covers the whole section of the van there. Um, so it's also privacy. But then, yeah, I got this little projector, so I can just hook that up to my phone and watch movies from there. And yeah, that's that's another fun little luxury that I've got going on. Other than that, it's like pretty rustic. Um, it's like hand pump sink and not a real toilet toilet in there. And yeah, I didn't go to too complex with the rest of the build there.
0: Say, though, when we're at van gatherings, a lot of people want to check out your your van because of the wood aesthetics to it.
1: Yeah, it is really different than most vans out there. I think uh, a big thing was, like, there's all these YouTube videos and how-tos, and I never watched a single one of them. I really didn't know what van life was when I got into it. I was going to do a teardrop trailer, and then... uh, so, yeah, I Googled what is best car to build a tiny home in. Uh, okay. and <laughs> Exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Sprinter popped up. Um, so I started looking into Sprinters. And uh, then I bought one in New Jersey and drove it to a job that I was working in Las Vegas and then to San Diego to build out. Yeah, and that's how I, how I got started.
0: I'd say that one thing that sets you apart from a lot of other people out there that are doing similar things is that you are pretty open and raw through, especially your Instagram, which is something I follow yeah. pretty yeah. closely, um, but that you do share a lot of like the tough things that are going on, not just in van life, but in your personal life. So. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, is that hard sometimes to be so open in a place where everybody's watching and commenting and sharing their feedback?
1: Yes, I think it's it's kind of a stress, but at the same time, I see the good in it. And if any, with anything in life, I'll do it if I see a purpose there. Yeah, I've I've kind of not had to do it, um, but my life is yeah. Sorry, I'm like stumbling here because this is kind of a difficult thing to talk about. Um, but I've had, yeah, a few things go on. And uh, my childhood was very much like an isolated incident for myself, I would say, where I kept very private about everything that was going on. And I went through like a lot of abuse as a kid and kind of just hid it. Um, because it wasn't something you wanted out there and kind of yeah never talked to anybody about it and then went to college um, and ended up like sharing it there and like going to some counseling and then through that like seeing that it can help some other people and ended up talking at my college about you know I was I was this all-american kid this class president like played three varsity sports like went like got great scholarships and went to a great college and all these things and on the inside I was I was just miserable because what people saw versus what I was was pretty opposite and we live in a world where that's easy to do on our socials and I was like you know I'm not going to do it at all because that that was miserable to pretend all of the time so I just decided, you know, vulnerability is not like a part time thing. It's not when it's it's okay to share or easy to share necessarily. It can be and people need to decide that for themselves. But for me, like yeah, I'll tell you if I'm having a bad day or a good day. Like the day of I'm not I might not wait till I'm completely ready or anything cuz if I should if I say something's good, it's cuz it's good. I'm not going to say something's good when it's not because I've done that before. I just didn't like it. So and then, yeah, after college kind of, that was freeing to kind of like be known. To be not known is really tough. Um, and I think that's something a lot of people can do now through social media is not really be known and just show what they want to show. And it's just a really untrue experience. You've known me for a long time. We've talked about, I am in remission for cancer and like the reality of that is not every day is a good day. It's not, uh, You feel awful a lot of times and scared and it can be easy to kind of just put on a face of like this is all fine and I'm going to be great and the world, you know, everything is good and the reality is like some things are good and it's like you should be true about that and it's also okay to be true about things that aren't good. I really just want other people to not feel alone and that's why I share.
0: You spent six weeks being homeless when you were 23 years old can you share a little bit about that experience because it's not every day that you're sitting across from someone who actually you know did something like that and yeah what did what came out of that experience
1: um yeah i packed a bag and I walked a few miles from the outskirts of denver down to uh 16th street and just like started sleeping there and my thing was I really wanted to befriend the people that, like, had no friends, like the the people who are homeless the other people who are homeless didn't even want to hang out with. So it was a lot of schizophrenia and, like, deep, deep depression and substance abuse and just the, the other mental issues that develop as you're out there living that life of solitude, and it's very sad in some situations. You meet amazing people, too. But, yeah, I did that for six weeks, uh had a start and end date which helped me kind of understand like when i was leaving i was like this isn't going to be forever i can do this how i want to but yeah it was sleeping on the sidewalk and waiting in food lines and just it was a lot of just talking listening and it wasn't always easy but i always thought in my head i was like just try to be here as long as you can and then if you really are uncomfortable just focus on being there you know one more minute and listening to them and I believe in unconditional love being something that's very important in this world. So it was really like... I'll practice a lot of other things I think are way less important. Like, I played baseball and football, and I practiced that. And why would I... I don't think those things are nearly as important as loving and being patient and being kind and, like, not needing to know everyone, everything about someone's story to care about them. So I was like, I think these things are important. Um, And I was 23 at the time, so my mindset was like, I want to go and set my life on this track where this is my normal. And yeah, if you're scared or uncomfortable, like you can be fine with that and you can move on. And, um, and from there, it was really, I approached it as like, this is a good adventure I want to take. This is something I want, like my nieces and nephews to know that like, you can deeply care about people and be who you are. Because I knew it was something that was part of me that I wanted to go do. And I, did, I didn't want to leave that part of me behind. There's all that, but there's also the fact that it was extremely life-giving. And when I think about fun, there's like, there's fun, like hanging with friends, doing things. And then there's like second level fun, which is like, that was tough. But like, damn, like what an adventure. Like what a cool life. And that's where when I got sick, I was kind of like, I. I do not want to die. But if I do, I think I lived an awesome life before then. And what a special thing to, especially from a young age, really just like see what you want and to go after it and to take those risks and uh, and have a really fun time doing it.
0: I'm just curious, did you feel during the end of it like you had mental issues or that you were homeless because at that point you weren't you know you had a backup plan right but did you feel like mm-hmm. did you kind of like adapt that role you know after a while where you kind of just became like felt like you were one of them
1: uh, i think it was like three weeks into it i showed up to the feed they do and they do like some stuff that's like more fun for uh, homeless youth and I showed up to one of those things, and I remember one of the people came up to me and they're like, you know, you haven't looked homeless up until now, and now now you look homeless. And it was weird to see what happened to, in a short time, like what happened to my body and what happened, you know. But the biggest thing more than how I saw myself was how I saw other people seeing me. Like, mm-hmm. no one looks at you people act like you're not there or they treat you badly. And the biggest thing I can like speak to is like the contrast of the last morning I woke up um, sleeping in a spot that was legal to sleep and a cop woke me up and um, and then I took one more walk up and down the city and I would stopped looking at people because they stopped looking at me. And there was, yeah, one time where someone who I'd worked with before actually who knew what I was going out to do Saw me walking down 16th Street, and I kind of had like one of those experiences where like, you know, you like recognize something, but you're not sure what it is. Whether it's like a smell from when you were a kid, or like a feeling from something, and I was like trying to like put my finger on it, um, and they came up to me and they like grabbed my shoulder and like, Travis, I've said your name like six times and you didn't even look up, um, and I just stopped, like, I think I was hearing it, and I just knew it couldn't have been for me, and a lot of times people are homeless operate on that, like, no one says my name, no one talks to me, and we really, like, ostracize and cut them out of society, but, and it's, and it's a different type of lonely when you're surrounded by people, and that ended up taking a toll on me, and I was there for other people, but I didn't really have friends or people who were there for me, necessarily.
0: Do you feel like your mental health has shifted since living on the road in a, a positive or negative what? Yeah,
1: totally. Um, It's hard. You know, everything is hard. Like, y- anything you do, anywhere you live, you're going to have ups and downs and stuff. But for me, you know, what my early 20s was, was a lot of tough stuff. And then cancer was another tough thing. And I was like, if I'm going to see these tough things and choose to try to be in and see those stories, I'm also going to hold in the other hand the beautiful and the good in the world. So I- I'm very... Um, intentional about like not pretending nothing is bad but also being like there is plenty of good out there and I'm going to make sure I see that because I need to see that for myself
0: talked a lot about living in a van and all of your experiences leading up to it but kind of curious just about things that are coming up in the future so like on my mind now are the holidays so mm. do you have any holiday
1: plans? Um being home for the holidays is, like, very important to me. It's, I'm the farthest away from my home of anybody, um, so it's something that, like, I'm very intentional about getting home. My family always tells me, like, when they hear that song come on the radio, like, I'll be home for Christmas, they think of me. Because um, I remember going home my first time after getting diagnosed, and my odds of survival are, are good, and they're better now than they were. Um, but it's, it's still something that, like, for me, like, I don't want to not be home. I don't like to think about it, but uh, what could be sometimes like your last Christmas. I would never want my family to go through that, and I don't want to be, you know. So I always make it home for the holidays. Um, it's a really good time, and our family's small, and I like just it being us at home.
0: Awesome. Okay, real quick, and we've never mm-hmm. done this before on a podcast. We're going to do a couple lightning round questions. Okay. Alright. Okay, yeah. So that means like one answer. <laughs> if anyone oh knows Travis, it's, it's hard sometimes.
1: Well, the funny the uh, things I used to never talk. I was so shy in high school, and it wasn't until like doing all these things and like to no, answer all these questions that talked That's
0: what I love about you is that we can get deep. But this uh, is the opposite of that. Yeah, so okay, okay. all right, ready?
1: Yeah.
0: Place you could call home?
1: Truckee, California.
0: If you could meet one author, dead or alive, Uh, who would it be? I
1: would say Hemingway or Emerson. I know that's two. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but those two guys, I can't decide between them.
0: Favorite book?
1: Uh, Catcher in the Rye, definitely. If I had to read one over and over for the rest of my life, it would be that book. All
0: right, favorite quote?
1: Um, to laugh often and much to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends to appreciate beauty to find the best in others to leave the world a bit better whether by a healthy child, a garden patch or a redeemed social condition to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived this is to have succeeded and that was Ralph Waldo Emerson and it's really Uh, something that I try my best imperfectly to live every day by and interact with people by. Whereas if if I was there and it can leave someone else with a slightly better life um, than if I hadn't been, uh, or if they had been alone, that is success to me. So that's what I aim for.
0: Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And... Hope to see you sometime in your van on the road.
1: Oh, yeah. We will, definitely. We have some trips going (laughs) on.
0: Thank you for listening to Travis's story on the Roll With Me podcast. You can see photos of Travis and his van on my website at tinyhousetinyfootprint.com. You will also find resources there to support your local homeless shelter. This episode was produced and edited by me, the music from my friend Anthony Cicillano, and it's titled Boulder. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. You can follow me on Instagram at footprint or at Van Life Diaries. If you want to support this podcast, you can pre-order a copy of my new book, Van Life Diaries, on my website. Until then, see you on the road.